0: Welcome to Saturday Morning Practical Applications, where we gather to talk about what we've learned through the week and how we can apply it to our lives. In this holy instant, I'm turning it over to my sister Mary for Morning Centering. Mary?
1: Holy Spirit, I take your hand today. Lead me to see past the false images to the eternal presence. Of love. Show me the love in my brothers so that I may see it in myself. Help me to recognize the meaninglessness of the false images so that I can let them go. Today I would follow in gratitude. Holy Spirit, I so love to knowing that you are here with me, guiding me, loving me, showing me the way back to my Father. Thank you. I am complete. Beautiful. Amen.
0: Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mary. Amen. Aha. All right, who wants to open up with a miracle from this week? I'm not feeling resentful against what the Course called my brother. In this case, is really my sister, but um, the one I had mentioned before from my ACIM class. And... To me, that's a miracle. I was going to say minor miracle, but, of course, there is no order of difficulty in miracles. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Excellent. Yay. Yay. And I was um, on the last call, too. This is Chris. I um, was listening, and I was just filled with so much gratitude. I'm up at my sister's house, and I was thinking about the difference of how much less judgment I have. And it was such a freeing feeling. Like, uh, uh, so much I want to beat myself up because, like, why are you judging? Why are you judging? Whereas this experience has been, look at how much you don't judge. And, like, the best is coming, and 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 even though in this holy instant right now, it's all good, I'm really excited for the future Um, and the learning and, and the more letting go, or the unlearning, I guess, of complete. Chris, I am so happy for you. I'm with, I am truly happy. Chris, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. That's, That's great. Couldn't, couldn't have done it without you. I've just got to say that when I judge myself for judging, I just have to stop and look and just laugh because it's so ironic. Oh, my As God, when you said that, it's, it's funny. It's so it's, <laughs> it's, it's better to judge myself for judging than to judge another. And uh, uh, I don't know. It's so funny. Yeah. And when you said it, it was hysterical. I mean, in a rough. It's so funny. I'm judging myself for judging. It's like I am the judging queen. <laughs> I just don't
1: have to stop. Oh. Me too. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. The judgment of the judging of my own self. I think it's just a habit. I really do. That's interesting. I'm complete. Wait, no, maybe I'm not complete. Maybe we can continue on this judgment theme because I don't know if I shared this. my I have a
0: really, really good friend who's going through a divorce and I think on the, on the text call I called it, the ex calls who I called... Asshole, and then someone corrected me. Said the holy asshole. <laughs> he asked me to talk to my friend to see if I can get some reason with her. And um, when I was was having the conversation, I, you know, the, the judgment wasn't there. However, I wasn't aware of the judgment because yesterday I was driving, and an old old friend called just to check and see on how John was doing, and I was. Expecting you know, telling him that I was talking to the friend going through the divorce and he's just like, he brought to light something I had never thought about, that when when one goes through something like this, it's just such a huge hit to their self-esteem. And I'm like, I was so busy busy judging my judgment, I wasn't even aware of what she might have been going through. And it was so amazing that it just completely opened me up to a huge wave of forgiveness of myself. And for her, and for and for her um, ex-husband, I just thought, wow, this is just like so much of what I think is going on never really is. And it was a really powerful lesson for me, and um, one that I really, really treasure. I'm complete. That's beautiful.
1: Yay. Hey. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. That's
2: pretty awesome, Chris. Thank you.
1: Thank you,
0: Chris. This is Sharon. And some of you might have heard this week me sh- sharing about the fact that I am have recently come in touch with a voice in me, very clearly come in touch with it, that says, No, I'm fine. I don't want to do go through any kind of awakening experience. I've always been fine. I'm fine now. I don't know what that's all about. I'm done. I no, no, it's just status quo. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, just really hearing that voice instead of denying it, saying, no, I really want to go home. I really want to go home, arguing with it. Um, Help me to be more settled uh, because, that, because there was a sense of um, pouring pink paint over, over ego, which doesn't help. So in doing that, now I am in a state of I get to choose. I, get to, I really truly am a choice here. And Jesus is just hanging out the Holy Spirit is just hanging out, waiting, like, like these precious gifts in their hands. Like, like, what could I imagine? Maybe um, enormous diamonds or something that, that glow, or, or the end of the ET's finger, which I recently saw. ET was amazing um, when it glows and touches Elliot's face. That the amazing gift that's waiting for me. I really do get to choose. When I have that, and then I think, okay, so what does this gift really mean? What is this? All good things? Is that a good thing to have all good things? How can I argue, argue with that? So it's uncovering, uncovering and de-unconsciousizing. this going on for me, and it's lovely. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Like
2: that. Thank you. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Sharon, you you do realize that what you just walked through mirrored the first paragraph of section three, the coming of the guests from chapter twenty nine, don't you?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> but that but it all happened during that. Oh, that's so funny. Oh ah, that's so funny. Thank you
2: for He does. That. He asks these real penetrating questions. Why does an easy path so clearly marked it's impossible to lose the way seem thorny, rough and far too difficult for you to follow? And uh and then he says um, until you realize you give up nothing until you understand there's no loss you'll have some regrets about the way that you have chosen and you will not see the many gains your choice has offered you yet though you do not see them they are there their cause has been affected and they must be present where their cause has entered in and then twice more in the next paragraph he says they they are there Though not yet perceived and its effects are there though not yet seen and finally just kind of what you brought it around to he says look inward now and you will not behold a reason for regret at your choice but cause indeed for glad rejoicing and for hope of peace so that was wonderful to have you walk through that wait a minute what have I done why again did I make this choice maybe I'm not ready to maybe I'm fine on my own that was terrific Sharon. thank you
0: thank you Lee for sharing that that's that tells me I really am doing the course I love it I'm really letting it penetrate oh I I'm so grateful I'm thank you and I'm grateful to me now (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That was great. This is Fran. I ask that question all the time. I'll get stuck, and I'll say, why, why am I doing this? And then I, and I go through my thought process, and the very last thing is, nothing to lose, only things to gain. And there's no rules. There are, I mean, rules for decision, but no behavioral rules. It's just the changing of your thought system. And it just seems then, when I get to that point, that it's just so simple. Just to take a way that makes me unhappy and change it with guidance to a way that makes me happy. I do that all the time, but I'm complete now. That's great, Fran. Thank you. Thanks
1: for that. Thank you.
0: Thank you all for your contributions. I'm mostly listening on this call. I'm complete.
3: What was that?
0: Um, What I said was, thank you all for your contributions. I am mostly listening on this call. I am complete.
3: Got that. Same for Rob. I'm complete. Same for Bryce. I'm complete.
0: I have, to, since I have to share this little story. This is just so funny to me every time I think of it. I, we were doing um, a text call, and I was driving to the dentist, and the text call was about everything has good in it. Everything points to good. There's good in everything. And I was driving to the dentist, and I was thinking, oh, this is the first time I haven't cringed about going to the dentist. This is great. There's good in everything. And this procedure I'm getting is a very expensive procedure. So I walk in the door, filled with happiness, and I go up to the desk and the (laughs) woman says, yeah, (laughs) well, we're having trouble with your insurance and we think this is going to cost you more than what we told you. And I'm thinking, Uh, good in everything? Oh, well, carry on. She said, you go back and then um, I'll come back. So I go back and I sit there and the assistant comes up and she starts telling me about this horrible nightmare that she had. And we start talking about it. And I get into it and I turn it into a movie. We both wind up laughing and giggling. And I'm thinking, oh yes. I don't get to say what the good is. I just get to (laughs) see it. So then the other assistant comes in and they're talking about my husband's artwork and we go and look on the Computers and they're loving it, and I'm thinking, oh, another, another good thing. And then my dentist comes in, who's just a doll, chuckling, and he's telling me he thinks this is going to be an easier procedure. And I think, oh, yeah, this is great, right? There's good in everything. And I'm so happy, and I've never been happy with a the dentist. Then the woman from the front comes in and says, oh, we made a mistake. This is going to be less than we're told to. And I thought, oh, my God, this is just so. It was just so funny to me. It just made, it made me laugh and chuckle all day long, and I just was so appreciative that I went in with that thought to appreciate all those people that came to me and the talks and everything. I'm complete. Wow, what a great lesson for me. Thank you, Fran. I will apply that.
2: That's terrific, Fran. Thank you.
1: Welcome.
0: Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran.
2: Chris, when we're not reading and we don't take a reading list, I always wonder who's who's with us and who would like to um, perhaps announce that they're here. Great idea. Uh, would it be good, yeah, just to, for anyone that wants to announce her with us, and if only listening.
0: Who's out there in practical application land?
4: <laughs> this is Carl. I'm out here. Is, this is Harrison. I admit, I'm listening.
3: <laughs> Rod's here
4: listening.
0: This is Josie. I'm here. I'm in a car. I'm sitting in a car place, so I'm listening for now. Glad so to be with everybody. Hey, family. I'm still waking up, but I'm here. Oh, boy. Hey, it's Catherine. Anna. Hey, Anna. This is Catherine. I'm huffing and puffing. We're on a run and listening. It just impresses me that you can talk so clearly while you're running. (laughs) I stopped. (laughs) Workout paused. Workout now. That is a miracle. (laughs) Good morning, family. This is Anna, and I. uh, I've just been really uh, relaxing. Um, into a different site and my site now includes the lesson what is this for I don't know what anything is for Um, Holy Spirit show me the truth here and I was sitting and I was watching TV just simply observing the rules of the illusion because it's something that I have created as a distraction, and one of the things that I have noticed that is very pervasive in the illusion, as I see it, is how much of it surrounds the concept of death. Um, how, how in the illusion, there is a finality that everyone is perceiving that if death occurs, loss has occurred. And this is something that is mentioned very clearly in 10. And um, it is not because you see it as the road to hell. Instead of looking on it as a simple way, without a sacrifice or any loss to find yourself in heaven and in God? I'm sorry, is it not because you see it as the road to hell? And really, um, when I believe in death, that is a road to hell because it is a concept of final separation that cannot be mended, and is very fear-inducing. And just about everything I perceive on the news in the world of war, it's all about this concept of a great loss that is then vindicated for, sometimes in massive calamity. And I think that the relief of the whole sonship is about death. And I don't mean that to sound morbid, but it is just a controlling factor in every decision I see being made. And so I'm just meditating on this and offering up the love for the release of this concept in all of my brothers and sisters. So that they can see that the path is not thorny and a way to hell of separation. Um, and I, I just am perceiving that this is a central focus in the complete release of the Son of God. Thank you. I'm complete. I love you all.
2: That was wonderful, Anna. Thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you, Anna. Beautiful. Um, Thank you. Anna. Help, help me. I, I was having a very difficult time hearing because of problems I have at, at various uh, tones of people's voices. So I didn't get the full extent of what she was meaning. Could you just paraphrase it for me? Because uh, I really wanted to understand what she said, and I couldn't get it. Is that possible? I'm not. Um, Absolutely.
0: I, I, I love it when Lee explains what I say. He's so much better at it.
3: <laughs> no, no, it's not a factor oh, of that. It's a factor oh, of no, no, my no. hearing. It doesn't oh, have no. to do with the way it was said. It, was, it has a factor to do with my lousy hearing that I'm trying to ignore. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: Rob, absolutely no defensiveness here. I actually like to listen to Lee bring in his understanding into my shares. I enjoy it so much. Um, Uncomplete.
2: So, Anna, what what Rob is is referring to also is that while you were sharing, there was a little more distance from the phone and a little less clarity. But just now when you were speaking to him... I'm sure he heard you very clearly. I
3: did. I did. It, and, it, and if it, one of us, it so much that I just couldn't get it.
2: And and so if one of us is to um, is to summarize what you just said, can I suggest that that you're the much better choice? Can you perhaps just uh, either repeat or summarize what you just offered for Rob? Um, yes, and just.
0: It's all right uh, if you interrupt and say I cannot understand you. As I reparaphrase this, um, it it is being brought to my awareness and my perception as I watch my illusion. Uh, around me, that one of the very prevalent factors that is an energy force um, for this illusion is the fear of death and seeing it as a finality that is cause for vindication. And whenever there is fear... Cause of what? Vindication, um, being vindictive toward each other because there is, it is seen as a, an ultimate finality, a final separation, and it is, uh, the base fear underneath war, underneath murder, underneath it all, there is a concept that if someone dies, um, there is a feeling of vindication, a feeling I I must vindicate or blame someone or in a court if if someone has died um, because of an act of murder. um, I was watching the news and this woman said we were just waiting for the verdict and when it came back guilty we felt such relief and i was looking at that and just really opening with the holy spirit and saw that it is this concept that, that death is final that we are just a body and it drives the illusion in so many ways even even the uh, attachment to form is there, like we are only our form, and we are nothing more. And um, that's basically what I was sharing. Is is that understandable?
3: Yes, um, very much. Thank you uh, for that uh, clarity in speech, because I have to overcome this um, apparent impediments of the body and they're not real because my mind is creating them, and I seem to think I'm jousting or, or or tussling with a a independent active element, not my own, not in my mind, really, oh, my body must be doing this to me and I have got to get rid of that thought and realize that it's my mind that is causing whatever my body is doing. And this, I think, is being helped by all of you. And I, I'm really very happy about it. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank
4: you, Anne. Yeah. Thank you, you everybody. Your... Thanks for. It. Oh, sorry. Can I just say something real quick, Bryce? And then I'm going to address it to yeah. you because it might it might help. Uh, I share. Uh, I understand what you're saying, Rob. When <laughs> Anna shares, and also Alan, when he shares, um, I think it's a microphone setting issue. Um, I don't know, Anna. Maybe you're not using a microphone, and I'm all wrong about it. But it has something to do with like the gain setting or something. Um, can you address that, Bryce, if that makes sense to you, and if it doesn't, um, you know, fine. Sure, I I um I'm try to be pretty sensitive on how well or not I'm heard, and sometimes I'm heard a little too strongly. Uh, if that's the case right now, I'd like to know that so I can back off. So you're fine. My- Okay, thank you. You're fine. Um, Yeah, uh, just as far as telephones are concerned, the microphones vary greatly. And one of the biggest challenges is speakerphone. Um, I think um, when people do use speakerphone, there's a different gain on the mic. um, And it's also sensitivity um, is variable based on the amount of... uh, uh how closeness how close you are and also the dynamic range of that microphone seems to be uh, a much narrower band in the case of you Anna it sounds uh like there's not as much treble or timber in your voice so it's harder to make out the consonants so That's my feedback. So if it's possible that you're on speaker, it's always best if, and it's fine if you listen on speaker. I like to do that as well. But if you speak, uh, and I would recommend this to everyone, you go off of speakerphone when you do share, and then speak as directly into the microphone as you can with the mic aimed uh, to the center part of the voice so that you're... um, able to be heard. So that's my feedback on that. Thanks, Carl. Thank you, Bryce.
0: Thank you, Carl, for bringing that up and educating me and thank you, Bryce, for the answer.
2: I loved uh, the insight, by the way, Anna, And, um, and that's a really, really powerful powerful insight and and one that he features you know so strongly throughout the course that our um, that our uh, present relationship with the idea of death is uh, is so central to so much of the ego's thought system it sounds like it was a really powerful one for you thank you
0: Thank you, folks. I think that I'm not afraid of death. I just don't like pain, like physical, emotional pain, whatever, you know. So if it's painful, I'm afraid of it. But if it's not painful, I can let go. But after hearing you all talk uh, about the fear of death brought on by the ego, it makes me think that, hey, you know what? Probably am afraid of death, run uh, as much as I am run by my ego. I'm complete.
3: I, I have a problem in in my perception of reality. Am I really not afraid of death? I I I think of letting go of the body. In in a couple of modalities overlaid on one another, one is it's an adventure. It, 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 if the body is an accoutrement to remaining separate, then I'm, I'm I find it an adventure to lay it down. And Jesus's Raj says, "All death." of the body, he means of the body, is a suicide. So you have got to want to, in my my state, enter the adventure. Well, I'm having more fun in this adventure. Why would I want to enter that adventure? And, And in the expectation of finding myself in all of you and seeing it truly, there is a good chance that all of the impediments to full bodily life without working at it, without attempting to correct it, will happen, and thereby there would be no requirement for laying the body down. I'm done.
4: Thank you, Rob. Have we moved into um, a place where people have had sufficient time to share their miracles or their thoughts on that? What? I'm asking Chris if we, normally on the practical applications, uh, we talk about some miracles and then we kind of shift into a topic sometimes on what is practical. And I'm wondering if that's happened. Thanks, Rob, for your share. I'm feeling a topic coming on through your share and through Anna's share. That's why I'm asking.
0: Sounds like we're ready. What you got?
2: Good idea.
4: Well, for me uh the present memory of who i am is what informs my reality <clears throat> and yet there is a story of who i am that's based in my body history my you know my interpretation of my experience that is the common dialogue in my mind. What what reality for me is not any of the mind chatter about my experience and there When I say that, what what in the unconscious part of my mind would inform me in a way that is fearful about anything is to me, what is illusory? In other words, it's just the dialogue and the energy of fear that's associated with my experience. It it may rise up at any time. It may be a reactivity that occurs based on something that happens. But in the holy instant, it simply does not exist to me. When my mind is free of attachment to who I think I am rather than allowing myself to be as who I am, the temptation to take on who I am based on my identification in my wallet, my story of my birth and all of my sociology, conditioning, and all of that, to me is what is illusory. That there is a real me that abides here in this place right now and is the Christ. That is my reality. That's my reality for me, for you, for everything that lives, everything that I experience. I don't have to label anything in my field of vision, my body, anything that's happening, not even the news not not anyone's story as necessary evidence to affect me in a way that should shake me from the foundations of who I am I do have a history I do have a body I do have relationships I do have experience. I have an automobile that that I'm sitting in. The meaning I give all of that, for me, when I know who I am, that my life is a gift, that everything that is, is the life of Christ in action right now, and I let go, of all the meaning of anything that could be at all sorrowful, painful, fearful, anything, and I just look at the flower. I just feel who I am. I feel my breath. To me, none of that is illusory. It's an experience I don't have to discount any of it as what is. My, the reason I'm bringing this up is when I hear, and this is me, and this isn't intended for anyone to feel bad toward me or toward yourself, but it is something that's very challenging for me. I've hung up the phone many a time. When I have heard the illusion, when I hear those words, I feel sad. I feel like there's something about what's real that's illusory. What is real is very important to me now. It's critical for everything that I do, knowing who I am, living now. I want that for my community. I want that for my world. I want that to be my experience, that everything is holy. Everything is sacred. What's illusory for me is when I don't know that. When I think of it as something less than perfect. What is here? What is now? You are no illusion. Nor is my voice. If you can hear it, And I hope you can. I hope it's real to you. I hope you can feel the sincerity of what I say. I love you all. I need you all. I need everything in my reality to be here now as it is, perfect, lacking nothing. I'm not an animal I'm not a dream I am the holy son of God here now in the flesh and I am incomplete when I don't know that and I think I'm something else i'm complete
3: the present adventure is all there is and you are part of my present adventure everything that happened to me to get me to this point is the love bouncing off the love even though i had to go through what might be termed illusion in between the love i see as a ladder um uh, a pinball machine that is passing me as the ball to get to the present now. And the present now includes all of you thoughtful, devoted parts of myself who have certified that every bit of love that I can remember, and that's all I really ever remember is the love I I loved there and I loved here and I... And, and got me to this wonderful now. I love it. You're all me. And joy, joy, joy. I'm done.
0: Thank you so much, Carl. It's great. For, for sharing what you shared just a minute ago. Uh, I feel you, brother, and that's a cliche, but I really mean it. It causes me pain too. I'm complete thanks, Ida.
2: So. thanks bryce Rob. That's a good one. I feel you, Bryce, and I feel you Rob. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you so much for all of your shares. Just a very beautiful opening discussion. And um, for me, I may have misspoken, um, but as I was watching and observing, I was not becoming a part of it. Um, I was just, clearly seeing this, um, where, where a healing needs to occur and that I can be a part of healing others, my brothers and my sisters, from this fear and therefore releasing the sonship with each and every one that is released from this driving force of the ego through simply loving them as they really are and sharing um, the truth in the best way possible for complete sharing. Thank you, Uncle
4: Thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much, dear.
3: I watched last night what was called by my wife a very sad movie. And I wanted to see it again because I loved the way it was done and I knew there was a really beautiful story that I hadn't looked at. It's Midnight Cowboy where two young men from different backgrounds live an illusion and find the care for each other in the midst of what looks to be complete, repeated, dead ends. And in the end, they recognize the love that each is giving to the other. So the whole thing becomes a matrix of getting these people to the love. Even though one of them has to be so impeded by his mentality about his body that he passes away on the way to his his nirvana, Miami, and the other one discovers that he he couldn't not help this wonderful man and then changes himself completely and leaves his illusions behind all of you are describing a a trans a transmutation of god's love that is described by the course that you are actualizing you are bringing into life and love in a in a um, aliveness that would that would that makes the course real when you describe it. Otherwise, it would just be an idea. And this is the reality of it. This is what I love. Thank you.
0: That was just beautiful, Rob. Thank you. Wow. Yes, thank you, Rob. That was beautiful. Thank you. I know what you mean. When that movie came out, I was very young and wasn't even interested in seeing it even if I could, but, but I saw it a few years ago on TV and I saw it a lot there too. Thank you, Rob.
3: Yeah. The Course is a way of looking at something that is a reconnection with your true self, the Father within the mother father within and you are all me doing it every story regardless of its realization of the mother father within is still a certification that it's happening I love it I'm done Thanks, Rob.
0: Yeah, Rob, I love that. Thank you.
3: Raj told me one time, "Don't try to figure it out," and it, it made me worry about understanding what I was reading, as if I were trying to figure it out. And the reality is, he was he was telling me to just. Go with the flow that occurs and find the love and enjoy the the growing glue of love in the camaraderie, whatever way you can get it and don't try to figure that out that's That's beyond like the course says it's beyond what uh, um, getting over illusions are. That's, that's an intangible that when I read the Gospel of Thomas and the other Gnostic Gospels is carried in the statement, I am not your teacher, Jesus says. You have become intoxicated by drinking From the bubbling spring of luminous water that I tend. I'm done.
0: Wow, I love that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, at first I didn't. This is Anna. At first I didn't understand, and then I got it, like a dawning. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me get this right, okay? Um, I'm not sure I heard every word, but... So, were you basically just saying, Rob, were you saying that Jesus said, as Raj said, that I'm not your teacher? So, I'm trying to say that. I wasn't wasn't saying
3: Jesus is Raj. I I read this in, in the Gnostic Gospels.
0: So who do you think was saying, "I am not your teacher"?
3: Jesus. That, oh. that, that which, actually, I see it as He is us, She is us. See, I don't see it as an a, 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 an embodied separation of us. It, it's carried in these uh, these things that are. Um, these little clips that are in the Bible uh, where um, on the ship uh, they're fishing and they see a, a figure on the shore and the figure looks one way to one of them and another way to another one and they describe it as uh, that old man on the shore, or that boy on the shore, and each of us is embodying the spirit of Ourselves in reality, God's son in reality. Each one of us is seeing a different being, even though it's the same being, which really is answered by the the the, the form in English that appears to be its name. He is us, and and this changing. Uh, illusory thing in our mind is our true self coming through to us in all sorts of varying lighted aspects. And that is the luminous bubbling spring of living water that he describes to me in the Gnostic Gospels.
0: Okay. And, and That's that's what I was meaning. Thank you. you. That is so beautiful, Rob. I am tending the luminous waters. I am not your teacher. I am tending the luminous waters of love and the light and delivering them forward through this body this soul
3: suppose yes suppose Jesus handed you a glass of this and said drink me you see that thing in Alice in the in, in, in the looking glass Alice in Wonderland drink me See, and then she sees things differently and then drink me, and she returns to that. And and Jesus does not ever need for you to return. He wants you to pick up the glow of divine, unshakable, luminous humanity, loving the others in the emanation that returns from your perception of them. When you send out the luminous glow, they begin to glow regardless of what they are screaming at you. Does that make sense? Holy sense, yes. Uh,
0: absolutely. Uh, yes. Absolutely, right. You bet it does. It makes me feel smarter when you talk. love this.
3: Me too. Well, all of you are imparting threads of this luminous truth. As you live your aspect of the divine life and present it to me for an hour and a half a day or three hours a day, And this is the joy in knowing that each one of you is, he is us, she is us. Can't be disturbed by always making sure that you are generic by using father and son can't be disturbed by that because he, she, is us. Jesus said, I am the androgynous one. So, you're you're weaving this web of beautiful, utter relaxation of self. I know that if I make a mistake, you guys will help me correct it. And then I am prone to mistakes. But you'll help me correct it. And this is a trust. And I love it. I'm complete.
0: Best share ever. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Love you too. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Well, thank you, Rob. It's just we're all each other.
0: It's Chris. I've heard that so many times, and I don't think I ever got it until you explained it, Rob. I'm grateful. I'm complete.
3: Well, thank you so much.
4: Thanks, guys. I... uh... I wondered if we might just return just for a moment to the lesson title, Let Not My World Obscure the Side of Christ. Um, yeah. what, is my, what, is, what is my world? My world is the my I think I am, but I don't know myself as part of all that is. When I see a separate self... That's, to me, what is illusory. That's what brings fear. That's what brings judgment. That's what brings all of my bad ideas, is seeing a me that does not exist apart from everything. Everything that I am is animated by a life that includes all. When I don't see that, I obscure seeing the Christ as the all-in-all. In In other words, reality is obscured by my, quote-unquote, false side of who I think I am and who I think anyone else is When I don't know the truth and I see something else that isn't there in a mind that is lost in its own quote-unquote thoughts about what is, my experience doesn't have to lay any of that falsehood on the truth. Of reality, my mind, is illumined from its source, changes the world into the truth. Incomplete.
3: Yes, very nice. Thank
0: you, Brian. Oh, thank you, Brian. Well, you gorgeous souls, we're at the end of our time. Does anyone have a closing prayer they'd like to offer?
1: I have a poem. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. It's called "The Greater Gift." From Helen Chucklins. you do not want our praise, you want our love, for praise is merely words. You want instead our gentle blessing on those you would save and shelter in your arms. You want our care for them as part of you and of ourselves to teach us that the Son of God is whole and cannot be cut off from what is His. You do not want our grief. You want our joy to share with all the world already made too sorrowful. And should we offer you a useless gift you would not give the world? We give to you, and you return to us a greater gift. So infinitely more we scarce can understand its magnitude. Yet must we give before we can receive. For you can but increase the gifts we give before they are returned to us again. Our joint endeavor is salvation's task. You are the answer. We, the ones who ask. Amen.
3: That was a perfect prayer. Yeah, just thank you, man, for the day.
0: Thank you so much, everybody. Bless you. Bye. Thank you. Get all. out there and heal thank that thank world, you everybody. For so
3: Thanks, guys.